Like I was seeing all these people around me. I'm like, how come they don't know about dance? Dance is a way to say things when you can't use word. We're raised and we're told like how to walk and what's right and what's wrong. Boundaries and walls and dance shakes all of those up. You made dance a business. We really went from being a grassroots community movement and overnight turned into like an internet company. It's not just about scaling revenue. It's about, it's about supporting more dance artists. This is people's like therapy. Everyone is a dancer. Hey you, welcome to the Art and Happiness Project, the podcast that investigates how and why art can change our lives. I'm Agathe Westad, and in this show I speak with artists from all categories, painters, musicians, actors, dancers, but also scientists, business leaders, and academics. We tell moving and inspiring stories about how art and creativity help us find meaning, improve our relationships, and increase our well-being whoever we are and wherever we're from. I hope that you'll love it and that you'll forgive my French accent. If you do decide you love it and or if you have feedback, you can leave a note and a comment on your go-to listening app. It's a small thing that makes a huge difference and it'll help us grow. Merci and enjoy. How can dance help anyone express and release emotions? In this very first episode, I wanted to talk about dance in a way that anybody can relate to. Because even if you've never thought of yourself as much of a dancer, in some ways you probably are just because you have a body that instinctively responds to the rhythm of music. My guest is Kate Wallach, founder of Dance Church. Kate is a dancer, a choreographer and a director, but also, even if she shies away from the label, she's a successful businesswoman who's turned a Sunday dance class into a VC-backed, multi-million dollar tech company with a huge online community. Kate was a Rauschenberg residency fellow, She's received many grants and awards for her work and was named in the 25 to watch list from Dance Magazine. Her dance company, the YC, created and presented shows in prestigious venues globally. In 2010, in order to financially support her art, she founded Dance Church, an inclusive dance class that requires zero skills, it doesn't even have mirrors, and where professional dancers guide you so that you can dance your heart out on retro pop or techno music. As it turns out, people got hooked. Dance Church exploded during the pandemic and got catapulted into a successful tech business to fill the need of thousands of people who needed connection and release. Kate and I talked about dance as an act of freedom and self-expression, the process of making it an inclusive and judgment-free practice. We talked about the birth and success of Dance Church, how it is proof that anyone is indeed a dancer. We talked about the need to support dancers as essential pillars of our culture and our well-being, and how that requires the art world to think of itself unapologetically as a business. I hope you enjoy her passion and her intelligence as much as I did. Let's go. Yay. Hey, Kate. Welcome Hello. to the Art and Happiness Project. Thank you for having me. In your lovely New York living room. Yes. Uh, the home of uh, Basquiat at one point. Is that real? I think that it is real. I was, you know, talking to my friend who lives here and she told me that and there's all these books in here about, you know, him going up the sixth floor walk up on 12th Avenue and and here, here it is. I feel the energy. Yeah, that's good. Very creative. So I feel like we should start this interview which is about dance and happiness and well-being and mental health by talking about Britney Spears. I absolutely love it. <laughs> uh, you don't know this, but Britney Spears was my first concert. 
No way. Yes, when I was 14 years old at my at my county fair. So I grew up in the Midwest, um, sort of in the middle of like a cornfield. And there's this thing that happens in the summers called your county fair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's like a carnival and kids are like selling their animals and cows and people are buying meat. And it's really a very country thing. Britney Spears played at my county fair right when she released Baby One More Time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I can I trace that into the whole, like, you becoming a dancer and the dance church experience? Absolutely, talk because about this. It's the, that threat is there. <laughs> I actually, Britney Spears is how I learned English. I think really? that, like, I mean, I say this. No, there's plenty of ways I learned English. But I remember just buying that album and... You know, you, you had the little leaflets with all the lyrics of the songs. And so, yeah, I was in France. I didn't speak a word of English because I was, what, 10 years old, 15 years, like, I don't know, 13, mm. whatever. And um, and I just learned all the lyrics. So, you know, I'm not sure, like, what kind of English that gave me. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, she, you know, defined our our generation. Our generation. And So do you, do you think that, like, you know, she made all those videos of her dancing when locked up during, you know, her her conservatorship. She made all those videos of her dancing, like on a daily basis, and like spinning and twirling. So, what yep. do you think? Is do you think that that helped her? That saved her somehow? Or do you think feel like that? You know, it was just her spinning, I guess, in a different way. I think that dance is a radical act. I think that dance is a way to speak and to say things when you can't use words or language. And she's always been a dancer, like from her core. She's like the triple threat, you know? Mm. And um, absolutely, I think she was using movement to communicate with people. I I think there was an article in the New York Times or uh, around this, like around the power of dance. And like, you could almost feel like she was like reaching for people, reaching for something like through through her moves, through the screen and, you know, the power of social media and technology yeah. and just being able to like share with the world your dances like look at tiktok it's you know yeah. it's all dance and um yeah i think that dance is a really powerful tool for, for healing for communication for you know putting into the body the 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 unsaid the things that words can't describe it's ephemeral it's fleeting but it also is like so deeply impactful and I mean, I felt I felt her energy through all those dances and through that screen. So yeah, I think everybody did. For yeah. Sure. So dance and mental health. I guess let's go straight into that. Um, dance feels good. I don't think it's an insane discovery to say that to anyone. Nobody's gonna be blown away by saying that you know it feels great to like dance anywhere in your bathroom on a dance floor. But as a dancer yourself, if you want to try and dissect it, what do you think it is about dancing, about the movement that helps us? be happier or address trauma or I my mind right now is just going to the root like why what dance has always been to me for me and when I always went to it the physicality of being able to like you know we were raised and we're told like how to walk and and what to do and what's right and what's wrong and like there's all these boundaries and walls and and binaries that are like sort of you know put onto us and dance like quite literally like shakes all of those walls and boundaries and borders up and uh 
for me, I, I think part of the reason, you know, why I was so obsessed with dance was because um, over time, it just became how I process, how I process an idea, how I process an emotion, how I process the world around me. Um, you know, oftentimes people are like, where does it live in your body? Where does that feeling live in your body? A lot of people don't know, <laughs> like they're, they're very disconnected from their body. So the fact that like, I've only ever been feeling through my body, like is, I think rare Mm-mm. and a lot of the world doesn't live that way and I think that that's why it's like why I'm so you know diligent about my mission of like empowering people through movement empowering people through dance because like it has changed my life it's changed a lot of people and in in my world around me and um I yeah I think it's just a way to like break up habits break up patterns break up like all that internal stuff inside Mm -hmm. of you so that you're able to enter the world, walk out your apartment, walk down the street, you know, be inside of traffic and just uh, know how to sort of like deal with the world around you resonating inside yeah. of your body. You know, I used to have like a lot of like temper problems as a kid. And I think it was just because I didn't know how to like release it. I didn't know how to let it out. So I let it out through my voice or like through like I you know, remember like radiating this energy. I just needed to know where to put that energy, you know? And so turn on some music, you know, thrash my body around and like that would do it for me, you know? And I mean, when you say that, I think it's amazing because anyone can do that, right? So I mean, everyone is a dancer. Everyone is a dancer. Everybody is a dancer. Dance should be for everyone, you know? I think it's over... A lot of time it's become quite institutionalized and I think that the barriers to entry for dance whether that's you know seeing a performance or walking into like an institutionalized dance space like it can be intimidating and that's been one of my huge goals with dance church has been to sort of break down that that barrier and that entry point and make dance more inviting and accessible to to folks, you know, and, mm. um, cause truly like dance and music, like it's the oldest, the oldest of the old, you know, yeah. like our bodies, our voice vibrations, like they were born at, at together at the same time. And I mean, we have this instinct of, of mo- moving in rhythm, right. Of moving to the sound of music. It's not something that we're taught. There's something about about music and the, the physicality of the body, which is you hear a rhythm in a bar and suddenly your finger taps, right? And and everything about everything about life is movement, right? Well, like you're saying, you learn to walk, but wherever you go, however, um, whatever happens in your life, there's a physicality to it, which obviously words are not very apt to sometimes express. I want to say that music is like more accessible than dance because it's everywhere, you know, and I feel like people have to choose to see dance. Like I see dance, choreography, dance everywhere, you know, like two people on the sidewalk, on the subway, like this sort of social choreography, you know, but not everybody really sees it that way, you know. And so when you hear a beat or music or like, you know, the 
I remember one time like I was like on the side of the sidewalk and like someone was like blaring Beyonce or something. And I just was like, what a beautiful performance I'm witnessing right now. But like that, that desire to just sort of like want to move in, in response to music, you know, like that is the, that is the biggest entry point to dance in my mind's eye is like, is music. And as you know, because you've taken dance church, like it's multi-genre pop music. Like it was intentionally designed that way to provide an, a really inviting entry point for people to be able to instantly connect with something that they know. And then as the class progresses, you know, give a little bit more challenge to for people to get deeper into that physicality so that they can like transcend, <laughs> you know? So let, let's actually talk about Let's talk about it's dance so hard church. for me not to talk about it. Sorry. <laughs> and you should because it's amazing and everybody needs to know about this. What so the origin of dance search is it's essentially you feeling frustrated about the inaccessibility of dance and the perceived requirements to have certain technique and a certain body shape and a certain background in order to even access it. And the idea that people censored themselves from something that could potentially change their lives and their mindset. And so Based on that, you opened this dance class that was, what, nine years ago? A bit more? I think, it, yeah, 10 yeah. or 11 years ago. 10 or 11 years ago, wow. Um, and and then what happened? And and it turned out that other people wanted that space <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, I, you know, I just graduated from college, which I was very fortunate to, you know, have a dance education in that way. Um and I entered a field where there were there were no jobs and I didn't really know that, mm. you know, like, but as I realized that, I was like, okay, so there's not any jobs. I'm fine with that. But everybody seems to not be happy. <laughs> like, I, I don't feel like happy. I don't feel like I have a community. Also, at that time, I was in Seattle, which, you know is very far away, very isolated. And it's also the home of like tech and it, in, in those days, like in what would, would that have been 2010, you know, Amazon, Microsoft, they're really just like be growing, you know, mm. and, uh, classes were filled with just dance artists and teachers wanted to teach to make money. And I was like, this feels like a cycle that's just not very lucrative, you know? Not that I was worried about money, but I wanted to fund my work. Like I wanted to do things. Right. And so I was like, what if this was not just about, you know, dancers and the the technique? And I was dealing with all, you know, that frustration from the field. And I was like, let's make it be for everybody. And so the core, the seed, the DNA of Dance Church really came from that place of like, I need a space to belong. I want to generate and cultivate this a community of people who just want to have fun and who want to scream and shout to Rihanna and Lady Gaga and just dance in like a very liberated free way. Um, and, and also like market it to, to just anybody to experience that. Like I was seeing all these people around me. I'm like, how come they don't know about dance you know yeah i, I want to say that one of the things that people should know about dance church because it's easy to imagine it as just another dance class with rihanna and britney spears at the back there is no mirrors mm -hmm. everybody faces the center where there's a teacher there is very little prompt and 
people are just encouraged to do whatever they want. Yeah. And that's amazing. I mean, I, I so I was at your class or the class on Sunday and there was a guy next to me twerking and a, a, an older woman next to me just twirling around and I was just doing my thing. And at some point you catch somebody's eye and everything that you see is just, hey, we're two humans doing this absurd things together on music and it's so fun. There is no judgment. There is no uh, sense of looking stupid. Yeah, it's, it's like a wonderful safe space of, of belonging and I can see how that has such an impact on people's moods. Like, what do you think people get out of it? It's interesting that you say safe space because at the time I didn't realize this, but I have found out through, you know, being in now, you know, being over 10 years into dance church and data and just learning about the world and stuff that like truly to be in a safe space, you, you kind of have to know what the rules are, you know, so that everybody can be held accountable to mm -hmm. this. And from the very earliest moments of dance church, I used to say like, the only rule is like, you have to like, or the only prerequisite is that you, you have to have an open mind, you know, and then the rules started to come from there. Like there's no front, there's no talking, um, you know, we're going to be going through different actions and coordinations, but like, when in doubt, just dance. Um, and I do think that that environment that of like safety of like, we're going to set up the space, we're here together, we're being accountable to each other. Um, and then we're going to go through this experience. And we're going to have like all this release. And then at the end, like, you know, it's designed in a way where we kind of all come together. And we like, are like, thank you for coming. Like, there's, po you know, post-class yeah. little chit chat and stuff like that. It really does feel like this cycle, this community. And I think that that safety is part of the reason why people are able to be in that space and be able to like have that sense of no judgment, you know, catch your eye with someone and just kind of laugh. And you're like, I don't even know this person, but you know, we've maybe have been dancing together for five years and like, maybe we've never even shared a conversation, but mm -hmm. our bodies know each other. Our bodies like, right. you know, can riff off of each other. And I think that that's just like a really beautiful thing and a testament to, you know, the, the space that the dance church community has created together, like to, yeah. So, um, I, I think that that's just, beautiful it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing to be to experience a beautiful thing to be a part of and it's a beautiful thing to um kind of like add to you yeah. know you know it has a flow it has it's just specifically designed to like get people to that release to that transcendence to that joy it's also really important to note that a lot of the people in your class are not dancers Right. So you started this for dancers and non-dancers alike. So tell us about people who come to your class outside of the dance realm. Like, is it, I think you mentioned this is some older people, some people coming with their kids, some people coming with MS or so, some, some, tell us about the landscape of the people who do dance church. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I, I, like I said, I believe that everybody is a dancer and dance should be for everyone. Um, there are a lot of different types of people that come in. It's multi-generational. 
Um, one of the most amazing things about launching on the internet was that all of a sudden we were seeing so many families dancing together, you know, like mothers with their children, uh, dads, like it, it was pretty incredible just to see the, that level of inclusivity, like really, um, right. broadened. same thing with like, you know, people who couldn't just roll up to a class in like Seattle or New York or LA, um, also, you know, so much has just changed over the past two years and it was, you know, pretty incredible to read stories from people about, you know, I've now doing dance church with like my autistic child or, um, you know, I have a disabled partner and we do dance church together, like from home now. And it's been really incredible just to see how many types of people like dance church can touch. It is our vision to really be a physically integrated space, which right now we are not like, you know, but we have recently gone through a training with an incredible organization called dance for all bodies. And the dance church teachers are really learning even more inclusive language and ways of teaching so that, you know, if someone doesn't have an arm, mm. they can still like, so we're not shouting out, like find your, you know, right arm, yeah. um, just different ways of being able to find entry points for movement, which has been amazing um, to, to learn and integrate into our classes and our teachings. But um, it's not about learning choreography. Exactly. And I think that that really is the a really key thing about the um, accessibility and inclusivity inside of Dance Church. Like, it's more about dancing to the release of a song. It's more about... The motto is let it all out. Yeah, yeah, let it all out. It's more about actions, coordinations that anybody can could do, you know, it's not like a traditional dance class where the teacher's at the front and they are facing the mirror and they're like, okay, everyone, here's um, the first four counts, one, two, three, four, now repeat after me, you know, it's a totally different format. I've never really taken, when I was growing up, I wasn't taking dance church or dance classes where my teacher was saying, you can you don't have to go, yeah, do whatever you want. Or you, it was very rigorous, like yeah. higher, higher, more, more, more. And dance church isn't really. Isn't like that. No, it's not really like that. There's no performance as well, which I think, yeah. I mean, that's one of the most um, freeing elements is that you're not here for performance. And I think people are not used to this anymore. Like we're asked to perform all the time. We're grading ourselves at work, in our family life, on social media, uh, in literally any workout class like you can imagine. I feel like even the fact, and I was, that's what I was going to say earlier when you said that we're not in front of, uh, we're not in front of a mirror. I think that's so important. The fact that you draw curtains in front of the mirror because a lot of people wouldn't go to a dance class just because, especially if you're scared, if you have issues with your body image, with your self-esteem, to be in a dance class or virtually in any other class and have to stand in, a f in front of a fucking mirror for an hour, it can be torturous for some people. And there is something about, you know, that not existing. So you can't look at yourself and therefore you can forget yourself even more. And that to me is like a very core element for healing is the complete like 
self-oblivion kind of that you yeah. know otherwise what like psychedelics give you and yeah. sleep you know but you get that at dance church and I think that's amazing I think that oblivion that you're talking about is what I mean when I say like transcendence or bliss this sense of just really losing you're getting lost in the experience and that is a really hard place to get to. It's really about coming as you are and celebrating who you are rather than coming to change who you are or work on, you know, what what your body your looks abs. like. Yeah, your abs. Exactly. Not to say that we don't still work out the abs. Like, you know, I that feels good. And like, that's just like a benefit of it. I love form. Don't get me wrong. I love lines. I love lines in space. I love architecture. But at the same time, like, that's not the point of dance church. Like, that's not what we're trying to do in that space. I can do that on a, you know, on a poster or like I can do that, you know, in a, an evening length work that I may want to make or whatever, but not not in dance church. It's about letting it all out. <laughs> yeah. Letting it all out. Mm -hmm. I love it. And so let's talk about what it became during the pandemic, because I think that's a huge topic. You started this, which was a, 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 an in-person class initially, pandemic hits, and then people suddenly feel stuck at home, depressed, jittery, and like an antsy and want to let it all out, literally including themselves outside of their fucking apartments. <laughs> um, And so you're bringing dance church yeah, I just, online. That happened in like a weekend. Pretty much we really went from being a grassroots community movement and overnight like sort of unintentionally turned into like a internet company. <laughs> and um, the community really demanded it almost. It was like, and I felt that pressure. I'm like, this is people, like this is people's like therapy. Like this is people's community. This is like, this is a ritual like, we can't just not do anything, you know, like we have to do something. We had the community, we had the people who were ready to do it. And then all of those people like told their friends and they told their friends and the power of the internet. And uh, yeah, we got a mailing list of like 40,000 people in like a week. <laughs> My God. And it's also, I mean, th and then people started dancing on their own. So people now take dance church. And now that's also what the, the main dance church is, is that it's a tech company with online classes that you can take from your living room or your bedroom. And you can dance once again, doing whatever you want. And you get essentially, for me, it's like getting a license to do all the crazy dance on my own that I was doing, listening to Britney Spears' album on my own in my teenage bedroom, but with a bunch of other people so that, you know, you have kind of a, a rendezvous to do that, you know, and and feel legitimate in doing this and not like a crazy person just dancing on their own in their bedroom, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I encourage everyone to dance in their own in their bedroom. Yes, just like Robin said. I I do think that that... that accountability to like be in a space dancing and knowing you know seeing that like 300 other people are doing this with me right now they're not watching me but we're here for each other like that is a really cool thing to be able to like that's what in-person class was right a thousand other people dancing with me right now and we're We're basically replicating that energy that you would have in person you made dance a business and i think we, we talked about this the first time that Um, the idea of using art for people's well-being and social change and everything that dance church is doing um, and making it something profitable is is relatively new. 
in that we tend to separate and see the art as something that should be uh, for the sake of art. You've made a very well-functioning, well-funded business with a bunch of employees that's growing like crazy. So, you know, it's also like a revenue-generating enterprise. Yeah, it is. You know, my perspective on this is that dance, the word dance, the word dancer just inherently has doesn't have value <laughs> like in f financial value like fiscal value um even like cultural weight is very minimal in comparison to other art forms well with dance it's always been my vision for like a dance artist to be walking down the street in new york la wherever um and people to look at that dance artist and really be like oh wow that's a dancer and just to inherently, intrinsically know the, the the weight that they have in culture and society to our community. And that's always been my goal is to like increase the value of the dancer and the dance artist. And so it's pretty cool to be like, wow, we have like a company that has worth value, you know, in a marketplace sense, like in a business sense. And, you know, Dance Church in a weird way has found like another way Uh Recently, a mentor told me that there's only three ways to be free as a dancer, and it's either to come from money, to marry into money, or to go into academia. And then they told me that they were like, I think you may have found like another way. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that this is a lot of systemic issues in dance and dance education and in just like the art world in general that you know, I got my dance education and no one once talked to me about business or like how I was yeah. going to sustain that, that career. You know, no one even said like, oh, by the way, there's like only 2% of dancers who enter the field actually get jobs, you know, especially being an artist in the States where just inherently the government doesn't like fund, like our taxes just don't go to fund the arts, you know? I just was letting my body and my community and like, I guess, like the way that I was raised, very local business mentality being the thing that generated dance church. And over time, like, yeah, I, I did feel like a drug dealer at one time where I was like, hiding, like putting hundred dollar bills, like under my mattress, you know, before I really knew that I needed like a structure for this thing. And, um, I think it was like that moment that I was like, oh, wait, I think this may be like a business, you know? Yeah. Dance Church is, in fact, a business. <laughs> it is. And I mean, you're saying this almost apologetically, but obviously, you, you, please don't be because it, it's yeah. in a, I think that, you know, as you're saying all this, it, it, I find it really um, almost triggering because when I think about all of the initiatives that are being done now about arts for mental health and arts for happiness and arts for healing. So think about, you know, anywhere from arts therapy, drama, movement therapy to all of the symposium that are being done between, you know, academia, like the Met Museum and NYU and university. And it's all very, it's all very academic and it's all very separate. You know, it's all run by charities and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Thank God there's kind of money coming from somewhere. But I think that there's a, there's a paradigm shift that needs to happen where people need to start maybe realizing that it is not dirty to make it into a revenue generating enterprise because that's also how you manage to scale and how to get how you manage to um, get amplified and how to get the product like and when I say product I mean how to get 
the dance to the people. Like I, you need resources like dance church and for, you know, from its beginnings was really built on toothpicks. And like, ultimately when that happens, like it, it, it comes at the fall of like individuals. And like, I want to build a company that can support it's not just about scaling revenue. It's about it's about supporting more dance artists. It's about employing people. It's about like providing work for people for the two percent of those dance artists that are entering the field that are you know getting the jobs. It's about the other ninety eight percent that don't have the jobs but have the passion and the love and and can change lives through dance. And so um, I, I completely agree with you. Like my perspective has been that well. We can fight the system. We can impact the system. Um, but the system is not just like gone, you know? And so how can you use it and how can you turn it into something good and, and you know, bring in people into that thing to, to really impact um, lives? Yeah. And, you know, there's only such a short amount of time that we're here. And like I, going back to that staircase image, that reach image, like this is part of that for me. Um, and... Yeah, I've learned. I've learned a lot, <laughs> so much. Uh, if anyone listening to this ever needs recommendations on books or anything, like just slide into my DMs. But um, give us one book recommendation, one book that changed your life. Okay, this is going to sound so like corporate capitalism. Stop being apologetic. <laughs> I feel like you also. I mean, this is exactly the topic: is that the the, the the need for artists to apologize about having a foot in business and a foot in money. I feel like there's this whole yeah. thing about yeah. like it dirties my art and it doesn't. I think yeah. again, you literally just said it. Yeah, we need to get over it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be apologetic about it. Um, okay, so this is a book that really did change my life. It's called The Hard Thing About Hard Things, and it's by Ben Horowitz. And so who is one of the co-founders of a venture firm um, called Anderzine Horowitz. And there's something that like the way that he talks about his problems, even if they were like massive problems, you know, he was like worried about like having to lay off thousands and thousands of people. Even though I had to lay off three people, I still was able to connect with the feeling that he's talking. He says like, I felt like I was going to die so many times. That really helped me to like read that when I was making heart the hardest decisions like I've ever had to make in my life. That that book <laughs> is really good, actually. Noted. I'll, I'll put that in the show notes mm -hmm. um couple more questions for you to end let's see what's your favorite music to dance to sorry that's really mean right now i am obsessed with justin bieber like i love justin bieber i think he's incredible i love his music i'll listen to a song on repeat a pop song on repeat just forever what would you be if you weren't a dancer i love this question um i think about this not that i'm like you know, dance church is forever for me, but like, what could I do with this thing? I used to, um, one of my, an old friend of mine who I used to say, they worked in tech. And I used to say, like, I could do your job, even though like, I really couldn't probably, but like, there was just something about the, like, the idea, the, the way that this person was like a thought person, like a thinker, an idea maker. And I'm like, I am that too, you know? So to answer the question, like I would probably work in some sort of for a company where I am sort of in an innovative space about with around problem solving and around like the future sort of thinking of of that whatever organization that is. I think that that is like a certain level of design, honestly, like that is design is 
is problem solving. Design is like thinking in a strategic way. And um, I love being in that space. Like I love being in the unknown in a space where like there's a lot of possibilities and you kind of have to like search and feel around there to like really understand what that is and in a collaborative space as well. You make a very, it makes total sense and you make a very good case for the idea that creativity is applicable everywhere um, and is literally everywhere. It's in, you know, it's in textiles at Amazon, just like it is in, you know, curating the dance church playlist, just like it is in the guy or person who repainted this, this brick wall white. So a hundred percent. And I love that. I'm like, so I have another friend who, um, is a dancer that has sort of moved into a whole different career. And now he's a, he's a pharmacist. And from a choreographic perspective, like I just love thinking about him. Like it almost feels like a, like an art piece or something where like he's there, he's being very methodical logistical with things like doing whatever pharmacists do I don't even know but there's like all these like bottles and pills and stuff and weights and and to me that feels like this is probably like really far push, pushing this but like that feels like an act of choreography to be like I'm gonna learn this thing I'm gonna go into this process and I'm gonna I'm gonna change my environment my life and mm. I may not be physical in the moment but that level of thinking that feels like dance to me everything is dance Everything is dance. That's a good way to end. I'll just ask you one last question and it's one word answer because then you have a plane to take back to LA. What is art for? One word. Communication. Thanks so much, Kate. Thank you. <laughs> That's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't hesitate to let me know with a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And if you're not the review type, it's all good. There's a lot of other ways to help. For example, you could tell a friend or two about us. It'll help us a lot. And who knows, it might even help them. Thanks for your time and see you soon for a new episode of the Art and Happiness Project. Bye-bye.